few people uh, know about this. Uh, there's a, a, more and more people are learning about this. Um, I, have a, uh, I have two roommates. Um, Father Bruce and I, uh, we both live at the rectory, but we have a very, very important third padre that lives in the house. Um, my little dog. Um, he's, uh, he's a little fat, wild thing, but uh, he's great to play with. Um, his name's Padre. He is a black dog. Uh, he's got a nice white stripe going down the middle of his stomach, so we wear the same uniform on every day. Um, so he's the, he's the third priest of the house, and uh, he runs it, right? Um, I, I, growing up, we were not pet people. Um, we were not, we didn't have fur babies and any of this other stuff. Like, we did not ever have pets. I had fish, that didn't really matter because it doesn't take much to take care of a fish. Um, basically, we just didn't have them. My mom is absolutely petrified of pets, um, of dogs especially. In fact, last week, uh, last Sunday, we got to see, our family got together for the first time in, in a few, few weeks, months now, um, because of the coronavirus stuff that was going on. She made a comment that said, I might even give the dog a hug. So I put it to the test. I brought the dog. And we have a very nice picture that I put on Facebook of her just scared out of her mind with the dog's face right by her cheek. Um, I'm so mean to my parents. Um, but I've learned a few things. We were not pet people. At no point in my life have we been pet people. But I've learned a few things now having a dog for six months um, that I did not know. Namely, you have to watch them a lot, um, especially whenever they're a puppy, um, to make sure that they're not like ripping up the furniture, they're not ripping up uh, shoes. Um, he got a hold of one of my black shoes the other day and I could have beat him with it. But anyway, um, no, like I, I, we were not pet people. But I've learned a few things that you got to really give them the attention that they want, right? Walk in, you're eating, what's going to happen? Dog's right there by you, right? Um, I know whenever we bring them out, when I bring them out outside in the backyard, a lot of times, because we have bad service in the house, I'll go outside and I'll talk on the phone or I'll read or do something outside just sitting under the patio. And there he is, just wants some attention. He's constantly just wanting some attention, wanting some attention. If I don't give him his attention, what ends up happening, he, he does a couple of different things. Uh, one thing I noticed that he's really enjoyed doing lately, uh, we have a, a palm tree in the backyard, and there's a nest with some birds in it. Uh, he will just stare at the birds. And if I'm not careful, he'll find his way, he's going to chase after them. And one day he's going to realize that he's just, he's just small enough where he could probably fit through a hole in the fence, and he might go and just be gone, take off on me because he's following the birds. Okay? The other thing that I, the other thing, if I have left anything in the yard, if I've left any kind of sticks that aren't secure, if I've left any plastic or anything like that that just like I was grilling or something in the backyard and I forgot to pick it up, he's going to find it, he's going to try and eat it and he's going to just rip it apart. Right? He's going to find stuff that's dug in, or he's going to dig in the dirt or the grass or something. He's going to have something that's just gross that's not going to satisfy him, and he's just going to, he's going to munch on it. The last thing, if I'm not careful, right, might be a little crass, but he, he might find him uh, the, the waste that he has left behind and play with that. If I'm not careful, if I'm not paying attention, he may very well end up playing around with his old stuff. That's just sitting in the yard. 
I know, y'all are thinking, what the heck are you going to talk about this? Give me a second. And in reality, this is how a dog is if we don't give them the attention that they desire. Right? That they're not going to sit there by our feet and just wait for the time you're going to look up from the book or take a break from the phone call or take a sip of coffee and pet them. They're not just going to sit and wait. They're going to distract themselves with other things that are around. Even if those things aren't really helpful or can put them at risk. Today in our gospel, Jesus uses this phrase that can be very, very harsh, but I think it rings true still today. When he's talking to this woman that comes to him, he uses a very, very pointed phrase, and it doesn't seem very polite. It, doesn't, it seems to be kind of opposite of the buddy Jesus that he loves everybody and everybody's friends. He, to, he calls a woman a dog. But today, if we think about, if we think about, I just think about my puppy, I think about my little dog, I think about Padre, I'll be honest, I'm not that far away from a dog. A lot of times in my life, I'm not that far away from a dog. Let's break open the scripture before we dive into that. This woman that comes to Jesus, right? She's a, we, the only thing we know is that she is a Canaanite woman. A Canaanite woman, you might not, for us now, 2,000 years after Christ, we might just kind of lose the idea, or we might not know the sociological or geopolitical kind of, kind of environment that this is going on in. The Canaanites were the arch enemies of the Jews. When the Jews came into Israel and they took the promised land, it was the Canaanites that they went through and killed, that they went to, they went to war with. So the Canaanites and the Jews don't see eye to eye. They don't really like each other. They're kind of against each other. They're rivals. So the fact that a Canaanite woman comes to a Jew and is saying, Lord, have, have pity on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, save my daughter who's got a demon. Just the fact that that's happening shows there's something different and something special about this Canaanite woman. You can even hear the little bit of rivalry that still exists when the apostles right after are saying, this crazy woman's yelling at you. Send her away. Like you hear her? Send her away. We don't like the Canaanite. Just tell her to leave so she can quit bothering us. She doesn't fit in with our group. She doesn't fit in with the Jews. We're all Jews. She doesn't fit in. So let's just send her away. Just get rid of her. Ignore her. Tell her to leave. But the thing is, is whenever this Canaanite woman comes to Jesus, there's two things that are very, very clear. They're very, very, that, that we have to recognize about her plea, about her cry. The first thing is that she's calling on behalf of her daughter. That she's coming to Jesus on behalf of her daughter. If you're a parent, if, if you're somebody that, that, that has raised somebody, that loves somebody dearly, and if a kid is in trouble, if our child is in trouble, we're going to do anything we can, anything that has to be done to move heaven and earth to make sure that they're okay. The second thing, and this is a, the phrasing in the Scripture today, the phrasing in the Gospel doesn't quite, it's not quite powerful as powerful as, as, the, as the Greek, as the, as the translation. Like, it says she called out. A better way to say it is that she was screaming to God. So she's, it's her daughter that she's concerned about, and she is absolutely screaming 
to Jesus. Help. There's a desperation in her heart, in her, in her voice. Help me. I know usually when we read the scripture, we just kind of like, we, we do it at like kind of the, the normal pace and the normal volume. But the phrasing would have been a whole lot more of, have pity on me, Lord, son of David. She's screaming out to Jesus. There's a desperation in her voice and in her heart where she knows, I want you to help me, please. Similar to, it's similar to last week. Whenever we heard Peter, when we saw Peter and he's walking on the water and all the waves and everything's around him and there's this fear in his heart and he starts to sink, what does he do? He screams out. He reaches out to Jesus. Which recognizes, it's something for us to recognize is that when we're in a desperate spot, it doesn't matter if we're the first pope or if we're an enemy of the Jews, that all of us at some point scream out to God. When life is a little bit too heavy, a little bit too hard, when stuff around us is going on, that we, are, that we become desperate, we scream out to God from that place of desperation. Now this is where Padre comes back in. Because sometimes when we, get, when we are desperate, when we scream out to God, when we come to Him with faith and we say, God, Lord, help me. I got stuff going on in my life. Somebody's sick. Somebody lost a job. Somebody's hurt. Whatever it is, I, I, am, I, I am desperate for you. Thing is, is our, our attention can be like my dogs. <laughs> Where God help. We might feel like we're being ignored. God, I need you. We don't feel like he does anything. God, can you, can you hear me? We don't hear anything back. What can happen? We start to distract ourselves. We can very, very quickly start to distract ourselves with all the other stuff that's in the yard. Just like Padre, we can, we can, we can distract ourselves with... The birds, the lofty daydreaming that does nothing for us. When we're frustrated with the current situation, how often can we just start to reflect on when a marriage is falling apart? You know, when I was in my 20s, it wasn't like this. We're not happy with whatever our, our current situation is. Well, you know what? I could be doing X, Y, and Z if I didn't have these responsibilities in front of me. As young people, I know, like, I, I'll be honest, five years ago, sitting in the seminary, it was so easy for me, instead of paying attention to the hardship or the struggle of what was going on in front of me, it was really easy for me to just sit back, daydream, and just go, can't wait till I'm in a parish. And everything's going to be fixed and different and nothing's going to be wrong anymore. So often we can find ourselves daydreaming and chasing after these lofty ideals that lead us down a path to nowhere. And we're lost. The second place that Padre finds his distraction, right? He digs around in the dirt. He digs around in earthly stuff. 
He gets completely and totally invested in something that is not going to fulfill. He chews the stick until it is sawdust, and it still does not fulfill. Maybe even eats a little bit of it. Doesn't matter. It does not fulfill whatever it is. It has all his attention, but it will not fulfill his desire. We can turn and shift our, our mind and our heart from God to the things of the world. To the earthly realm. We can become fanatical about things of the world. I'm right there with you. I want the SEC to play too. <laughs> but we can become a fanatic about it. Where all of a sudden my life determines, is determined by a group of football players that I've never met. Or, or, or the who, what, what candidate gets more votes either way? What party looks like they got the upper hand? We can become a fanatic about it. We can dive into, the, into just the, the mindless scrolling of social media thinking that we have to stay connected. And in reality, we're by ourselves in a room just flipping through a phone. But we can become completely and totally invested in the stuff of the world that not only doesn't, but can't fulfill. That we could put more faith in a political party or on a social media platform or on a football team than God. Third place that Padre goes, which is gross. But the waste of our life, the stuff that we, have, that we have turned away from, we can find ourselves just deciding to distract ourselves by going back to our junk. Back to our sin. Because, it, because if, it's, if, if we're desperate, if we're worried, sometimes sin is the thing that's going to numb the pain. Sin is the thing that's going to make us feel better. Sin is the thing that's going to, you know what? The gossip's really easy and it takes the load off. You know what? It's really easy to have another drink and it takes the load off. It numbs the pain. It's really easy just to get angry and to blow up at people or to fight or to, or to do the number of different things, the number of favorite sins, the number of empty wells that we continue to go back to and drink over and over. We can distract ourselves from the desperation that we're calling out to God with like the Canaanite woman and we can distract ourselves with just foul sin. That's just disgusting. The reason why the Canaanite woman teaches us today something very, very profound is that she continues to call out regardless of the distractions in her life. Regardless of the reasons why she shouldn't. Regardless of even a harsh word back from Jesus. She continues to call out. It's, it, so what if I'm a foreigner? So what if I don't have a right to speak to you? So you know what? I'm going to continue to call out. St. Augustine once said that whenever we appeal to God, God doesn't change, we do. That when we go to God, when we appeal to Him, when we turn to Him in faith and ask Him of anything that we need, that God does not change. God doesn't all of a sudden change His mind. Our hearts change to open more profoundly to Him. We change 
to be able to receive God. When we come to Mass, when we come to receive our Lord, when we come to be in His presence today, where God's going to step down to this altar to meet you and I, our hearts are changed. Now, that's not to say that life is going to be perfect and that life is going to be easy and that things, there won't be suffering and hurt and struggle. Because the reality is, if there's anybody that had faith in the Father, it's Jesus. And that looks like suffering. If there's anybody that had faith in the Father, the next best is Mary. And she was standing at the cross and felt every ounce of pain just in a different way. But our faith teaches us how to come to God with our suffering, with our shortcomings. And to not unplug and to give in to some kind of distraction. To chase the birds. Digging up dirt. Play with our waste. God calls each one of us. God comes to each one of us. And the thing that, the, the, I think the thing for us today to learn from this Canaanite woman is that her faith is strong. I think the question that it begs, is my faith strong? Do I truly believe that God can answer the desires that I have? Or do I give in to distraction? See, today when we come to Mass, if you're not in a spot where you got, you're, you're in despair and reaching out and crying out to God, praise God. But when we, come to God, when we come to Mass, when we come to prayer, it is a beautiful expression and a beautiful practice for us so that the times when we are in despair, we know where to go. By being able to come to Mass and pray, before, pray to our Lord every day, it builds a relationship with God that whenever I'm struggling, I know where to go. Because I've gone there when I'm not. Today, when we come to practice our faith, right? When we come to, to mature our faith, when we come to strengthen our faith, we come recognizing that it is God who has the fulfillment of every desire of my heart. And not all of these other distractions. How is your faith? How strong is your faith? Are we willing to continue to strive and to lean on God in all aspects of our faith?